Hi, everybody. Hello. You're listening to Talk Crooked, the social justice and comedy podcast where two friends laugh, cry, and rage about an unspeakable subject. While enjoying adult beverages. My name is Kay. Uh, I'm Carrie, and I'm enjoying a delicious cup of coffee. I am actually having a margarita. I know it's... Noise. Yeah, I know it's 10 a.m., but it is my birthday. But it's your birthday, so you do what you want. I do what I want, and I'm not going anywhere today, so... Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, because it's Mm -hmm. disgusting outside, so... It is. (laughs) I just get to watch from inside. Yep. I also just woke up a little while ago, so I'm like, (laughs) oh, so tired. Yeah, me too. So, you want to hear something really funny? Yeah. I've been trying to figure out, we've been transitioning Remy to her crib. Uh Uh-huh. And she'll only sleep for like an hour or two, and then she'll wake up at like midnight or something, and I'll I'll get her and feed her, and we'll fall asleep together, and everything is void. Mm -hmm. So... I've been trying to, but I won't sleep. If she's in the crib, I can't sleep. Yeah. And I've been trying to figure out why that is. And I figured it out last night. Why? You know, you want to know? It's so silly. What? Are you ready? Yeah. I'm afraid of the baby monitor. <laughs> I'm so terrified that I'm going to hear another voice <laughs> or a weird sound through that thing that I can't relax. Scary movies have ruined you on those, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Yep, 100%. Oh. 100%. And we're not even using the video one yet. Because <laughs> I didn't want to get that one all set up until we figured out where, you know, furniture was going to go and all of that. So we're just yeah. using the regular kind, the kind that's, you know, supposedly safer. Mm-hmm. Nope, terrified. As soon as she was in the bed with me and I could turn that thing off, I went right to sleep. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, I think it's time to go back on some anxiety medication. (laughs) Uh, It might be. It might be. Just might be. (laughs) Uh, It's very silly. And it didn't help that I might need a nightlight. Yeah. Because that's part of the problem. It was like pitch black and you hear this tiny little crackle next to you. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Just the tiny little crackle that lets you know that it's up high enough that you can hear. Mm Mm-hmm. In the dark. It wasn't great. Yeah. It wasn't great. Have your TV on Usually, or... Yeah. Or yeah. yep. something. Yeah, I need something to ground me to reality. <laughs> <laughs> Which is obviously uh, the TV. <laughs> yes. Oh, of course. <laughs> Fiction. <laughs> so what did you do for your birthday? La- did you do anything for your birthday last night? Um... A couple of friends came over and we had dinner and fun. Yeah, we watched a movie and um Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we um I was going to go out to Shogun, but I decided I just didn't really feel like going out. Really didn't even feel like celebrating, so I just I was like I just want to watch chill. movies. <laughs> like yeah. um I tried to bake my own cake, and that was a disaster, so... Oh, no! <laughs> yeah, so my friends uh, brought me a Baskin-Robbins cake, and... Ooh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, it's actually one of their polar pies. 
It's really good. Ooh. Yeah, chocolate peanut I butter. I have one of those. Yeah, it's pretty much ice cream on a cookie cake. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> that should be so fucking illegal. It's not even funny. It's that insane. sounds amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> I still have more Anyone than half in of any it other in my country freezer. is like, what is America and your gluttony? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I'm not even the least bit ashamed of it, though. It's so no. good. Like, <laughs> it sounds awesome. Yeah, I was really excited when I was at IGA the other day. The little grocery store around the corner from uh-huh. me now has Cheesecake Factory ice cream. Oh, nice. So they have four different variations of cheesecake ice cream. Oh, yum. And um, that's not something I needed to know <laughs> because that is my biggest weakness is cheesecake ice cream. Oh, yeah. Strawberry cheesecake ice cream, especially. Yeah, there is strawberry. <laughs> There's also cookies and cream. Oh, wow. And classic. And I think there's a blueberry one or something. There was one oh, in a blue yum. box. I love blueberry. Yeah, it was... Um, it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> wow, but but yeah, I I still have so much food. They the place that I went Yum. to like gives you a shit ton of food. Um, so I didn't even really get to start on it because I also like I had some sushi too. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um. So I'm very very happy about that. Um. Yeah, it was just oh, it was just kind of chill. It sounds great. Well, there's a new ch- sushi place out here that you and I need to try. Oh yes, absolutely. Um, I'm a little I'm a little worried. Um, because it says it says sushi hibachi, and then it was something super American. There was three things, and I can't remember what it was, but it was something ridiculous like sushi hibachi and hot wings or oh. something <laughs> like that. Like, and I was like, uh, sushi what? hibachi and barbecue. <laughs> Yeah, it's something. It might have been. I can't remember. I'll have to go look. And which I mean, you know, Asian barbecue is a thing, but yeah. like I don't I don't remember what it it wasn't that. It was it might have it was like hamburgers or oh. I don't know, something just like ridiculous. Yeah. I have to go back over there when I go grocery shopping and check. Yeah. But it's over by um it's over by Rural King and Kroger and all that. So also there's this really funny misconception about the South and the North that I just want to clear up. Oh, God, what? Um, so I was hanging out with my friends in Oregon and, um... Oh, no! We we were talking and I was talking about, like, barbecues and, like, the kind of things that we serve at them. And they had heard of barbecues, but they thought... Being invited to a barbecue was the way that we just hang out normally. It's like... What? Yeah, it's like asking, like, if they want to hang out with somebody or get to know someone better, they'll be like, oh, do you want to go grab a cup of coffee? That's what everyone does. Well, they thought that the (laughs) South was exclusively, hey, do you want to come to my barbecue? Um, oh my god like we just have like street sized barbecues all the time yeah no no hey do you want to come to my barbecue is hey you're getting invited to the family reunion like yeah (laughs) um or you know fourth of july something like that oh man yeah i just i thought it was really funny 
That's <laughs> so funny. I was like, no, we're not, we're not that no, bad. We're <laughs> millennials have come up. We don't know our neighbors anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know mine. They're very nice. Oh, nice. We got very lucky this time. Of course, they're very old. So whoever moves into their house next, I'm sure will be a nightmare. Oh. But they're very sweet. They're um my husband's great aunt and uncle. Oh, okay. Well, that um, helps. Yeah, and um. <laughs> Well, they are a part of the family that they don't, they haven't really spoken to or gotten along with in a long time. And they came over and, and like talked and they they seem like perfectly nice people. So oh, wow. I don't really understand what the beef is. <laughs> They're also like 90 and sharp as tacks. Oh. Which is great because, I mean, you know, my, uh, the story with, you know, mine and Josh's grandparents, they're kind of turning into jello so yeah. it, uh, you know up up between the ears so it was lovely and refreshing i mean he told me how old they were and i was like what oh wow. she talks to you like she's 60 like i mean it is amazing that's awesome i had remy out yeah like i had remy outside on her in her little walker and hamlet i was throwing the ball for hamlet while i sat on my swing and mm-hmm. she came over and she was like oh i just wanted to meet the baby she's so cute i'm so excited that somebody young moved in because everyone on this street is so old <laughs> and i was like you're hilarious and i love you <gasps> oh that's awesome yeah I'm so, so i have to make them some neighbors. cookies and bring be be neighborly yeah so it's kind of you kind of don't know how to do that anymore you know i know um i know because well and the people on the other side of us were nice enough but Mm. like they came over while we were moving in oh and um it was while that's josh's aunt and uncle were over here they were they were being nosy yes it was when his aunt and uncle were over here trying to get all of his grandma stuff out of the like the last of his grandma stuff out of the house. They were like loading up the trailer or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, oh, look, it's not a pandemic still. Let's go over and see what all these cars are about. So they popped over and they like, you know, saw what we were doing in the house and everything and mm. said hi. And I said hi from across the room because I was like, you're a stranger in my house yeah, yeah. <laughs> during COVID. Um, <laughs> this is inappropriate. And um, <laughs> and um. They also, they were talking to Josh's grandma, who has severe Alzheimer's to the point to where she did not even realize that this was her house anymore. Oh. Um, and she was like, hey, you remember me, right? Which you are not supposed to do with someone who has Alzheimer's. Yeah. <laughs> because you can make them panic. And she just kept pushing, like, oh, come on, you know who I am. Come on, you remember me. And thankfully, Ruby carried it off with grace. And she was like, no, I mean, my memory's just not what it was anymore. And Yeah. She just kept going and kept going, and I was like, "Okay, like you, you, you don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> please stay over there <laughs> at your house." <laughs> yeah, Josh got really mad. Oh well, yeah, good because he had just told them, like he had just said, like, "Hey, she doesn't even know that I'm her grandson anymore." Oh, and then you think that this neighbor who she hasn't seen in five years, you really think that she's gonna remember who you are? Cool. No. No. <laughs> goodness yeah so we have some weirdos on that side but they keep to themselves and there's woods between us so oh yeah that helps yeah (laughs) yeah good i'm glad glad you got (sighs) and you don't have loud ass dogs next door yeah yeah 
Yeah, we've had some bad luck with neighbors, so it's nice. Yeah. So far, so good. <laughs> so far, so good. But anyway, well, let's get this birthday started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to oh. be doing homework after we do this, so. Yuck. Yeah. Well, you'll be drunk. Yeah, that'll help. <laughs> that'll be helpful yeah oh man all right well so this week um we are talking about child, child stars. stars which is fascinating and i'm excited <laughs> this is going to be a a light-hearted and super dark and depressing and fun episode yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be a lot of things. I'm very excited about what I found. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Um, This is great. I have lots of info, so let's jump in because it, otherwise it'll take an hour. So, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we're going to leap off, of course, with by defining it from Wikipedia. So the term child actor or child actress, um, which we don't do that anymore, I don't think, just child actor. Yeah. Um, is generally applied to a child acting on stage or in motion pictures or television, but also to an adult who began their acting career as a child. To avoid any confusion, the latter is also called a former child actor. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Closely associated as teenage actor or teen actor, an actor who reached popularity as a teenager. Yeah. So, um... Let's go ahead. So many child actors find themselves struggling to adapt as they become adults, mainly due to typecasting. Mm-hmm. Um, so for people who don't know what typecasting is, I'm going to go ahead and I just realized that I should probably define that too. And also there, a lot of them aren't in like real public schools, so they haven't been able to no. be socialized the way that everyone else is. No, a lot of child actors are homeschooled on set, yeah. so they have a tutor that comes to set. Of course, if you're, if you're on set with a bunch of other kids, that's one thing, so you're mm-hmm. kind of, you still kind of get that, but a lot of times kids who grew up like on sitcoms or things like that, mm-hmm. they, um, they're on set all day. And it's just them. Yeah. Um, of course, you know, in the case of Full House or something, like I said, you have a lot of kids on set. Yeah. Um, and I think that they've kind of gone away from the kids in sitcoms thing mm-hmm. because of that. Um, I haven't seen as many, honestly. Um, there, there was a really good show that um, Matt LeBlanc was on called, uh, what is it? Man with a Plan. Uh-huh. And it was him and his kids. And then the further they got into the seasons, the the less the kids were actually in they were maybe in a couple of scenes here and there but they weren't like the 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 show wasn't necessarily about the kids anymore yeah which i like that they're doing because it they need they can come they work for a few hours then they have to it's really hard there's a lot of restrictions like when they were making the harry potter movies they only had the kids on set for like four at like on screen working for like four hours a day mm-hmm. when you get up when you take out lunch and school and all that other stuff so they grew up on set and they grew up with each other yeah so it was all kids you know so they kind of had their own little school going on mm-hmm. but then when they weren't filming they would go to regular school and it would be kind of weird yeah so it's it's just it's kind of a balancing act there and it it, it can it can mess you up yeah especially i think that they were really well insulated that was like a special 
case where they were it was a kid movie yeah you know what i'm saying so it and there were a few adults here and there but they were all much older Mm -hmm. um it wasn't as much of a mixing so it wasn't like they were all going to these cast parties where there was like cocaine and well they were and all of that they were at least in the third movie because um daniel radcliffe was high the entire movie what yeah he said that multiple times. Like, his eyes are so red because he was high the entire time he was filming. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've only heard that they were, like, grateful that they were kept away from all of that stuff from things. So, okay. Well, that's fun. Anyway, <laughs> um, so uh, typecasting, by the way, it, it means to assign an actor or actress repeatedly to the same type of role as a result of the appropriateness of their appearance or previous success in such roles. So, um. Like, let's say, let's take Kaylee Cuoco for just an example, because mm-hmm. I just listened to her episode of Armchair Expert, and it was delightful, and I want to be her best friend. <laughs> um, so let's take Kaylee Cuoco for just a second. She's blonde. She looks very Midwestern. She is lots of times cast as girl next door, blonde girl. Yeah. Um, you also Which have... she's fine with, by the way, because she likes playing that part and it's fun for her. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I felt safe, like, throwing that out there. Well, you've also got Rebel Wilson. Um, yes. Who was kind of cast as the the fat, funny person. Yes. And she is... Um, I saw something recently where she, like, she's trying to, like, lose a lot of weight. So she quits getting cast in that type of role because she doesn't want to do it anymore. Um, I mean, that's fair. Yeah. And like, um, I, can- I have read lots of interviews with Melissa McCarthy where she doesn't, um, she has said multiple times that she does not take auditions for heavy set women that yeah. call for a fat, for like a, a, a fat chick, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. She does not take those calls. And she's talented enough that she can do that. And it's, it's, it's one of those things where then you have to weigh it with, well, but I also kind of need to pay my bills and I want to act. So yeah. it's, you know, Melissa McCarthy is very successful and has the, yeah. <laughs> has the, <laughs> <laughs> has the ability to say no, the ability to say no if she wants, because she has like established her value and things like that. But it, it's a hard world. The yeah. the show business is hard. Um, and, and I think we are getting away from the let's cast people who look a certain way kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, becoming a lot more of cast the best actor yeah um especially no matter the color of their skin you see a lot more or or their age um if you ever watched heroes zachary quinto's role as the villain was supposed they had originally cast someone much older and they had envisioned someone much older Mm -hmm. and he came in all young and hot and awesome and they were like you're so awesome though (laughs) and so he got cast yeah and it works beautifully. He's amazing because he's amazing in everything. Yeah. But yeah. So uh, that was one of the first times where I had seen the movement away from cast whoever's hottest or cast whoever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you can see that shift as well. If you go back and watch old movies, you can tell. You're like, oh, my God, this is like watching a, a wooden pole act. Yeah. Because you have no talent. You're just hot. Mm-hmm. Someone said, hey, you're hot. I'll put you in my movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, ooh, is that what you want, though? Yeah. Right. So anyway, to get back on topic. So Macaulay Culkin and Lindsay Lohan are two particular f- famous child actors who eventually experienced much difficulty with the fame they acquired at a young age. Um, 
I actually haven't seen Lindsay Lohan do anything of value lately. Yeah. Um, I didn't think she as was far even as acting. acting anymore. I, I know that she did some she did some little mini series a while back, but I d- I don't know. I'd have to look her up. She has had a lot of struggles with alcoholism. It's really sad. Yeah. Especially when you go back and watch her stuff. Like you go back and watch Parent Trap and Freaky Friday and Mean Girls and all that stuff. She was so good. Yeah. It's so sad. It's so sad. But these kids are forced into the adult world mm-hmm. and not just the adult world. The show business adult world, which is famously kind of debaucherous. Yeah. And you have to kind of have a backbone to say, no, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And kids are so impressionable. It's really hard. Exactly. Yeah. That gets normal. That environment gets normalized. Mm. And it can be very detrimental. Really, really detrimental. Um, So let's, let me get back on here. Uh, Many child actors also become very successful adult actors as well. Um, Prime example of this being Jodie Foster, who was 12 years old in the film Taxi Driver in 1976 and then went on to become an adult star with Mm -hmm. a variety of films, including Silence of the Lambs. Uh, Drew Barrymore is another one. Uh Uh-huh. I'm going to talk about her and Macaulay Culkin for sure. I love Macaulay Culkin. I do too. He's so cute. I could just kiss his little face (laughs) as an adult as well, by the way. Mm -hmm. Like, he is so cute. I love his Google Assistant commercials where he (laughs) is being Kevin McAllister as an adult again. And it just, like, warms my heart that he just, like, is cool with it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. But I have also, sorry, Macaulay Culkin tangent for just a second. I I was uh, listening to... Mila Kunis's episode of Armchair Expert, and she and Macaulay Culkin dated for like 10 years mm-hmm. um, or something crazy. And she was like, you know, like she was on that 70s so- show, so she has, you know, her own shit. Yeah. Um, but she was just like, his fans are the weirdest because people will come up and just scream in his face. Oh. They just scream Why? like Kevin. Oh. That, because like Kevin, oh, that, yeah. ah! Yeah. They just come up and they go, ah! In his face. Oh, God. I don't understand people and celebrities. I like, don't they're either. people. Why would you go, appro- think it's appropriate to approach someone like that? Like, it's just, it's a weird boundary, though, because yeah. they, this kid is, is, has been in your living room every Christmas. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, via your TV for your entire life. Yeah. That reminds me. <laughs> I was... Um, I was watching, or I had started watching this video, uh, James McAvoy and Daniel Radcliffe were oh. doing an interview together. Yes. And yes. Daniel Radcliffe was talking For Frankenstein, I'm guessing. Probably, which that was an incredible movie. Um Yes, it was. I haven't watched it in so long, but I, yes. I'm pretty sure that I own it. I, I just I own it yeah. as well. Um I have every intention of watching it every Halloween and it never happens. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Um but he was talking about how like his fans, uh, like, yes. he's not normally, like, super rude to his fans or anything, but, like, he's starting to kind of, like, grow a backbone and can, like, say no, like, if he doesn't want to do something. And, like... Yeah, I've seen where his, like, girlfriend has been like, hey, you don't have to do that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to let people treat you that way, because yeah. he'll say stuff like, I've seen a couple interviews of where he's done where he's like, oh, yeah, I'll just, like, let people do anything to me. <laughs> It's because so I'm so scared. He's so scared of, like, getting roasted online or something. Like, oh, well, he was a dick, you know? And yeah. it's like, well, yeah, but, like, you don't have to, like, let people be rude to you. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, no, it's fine. It's great. It's fine. It's fine. 
That poor man. He's so cute. I love him. So is James McAvoy. I would fuck him. Oh my god. Did you see the video that I sent you of him on the bake show? Yes, I did. And I have not stopped thinking about it since. (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) I love him so much. Me neither. He's beautiful and Scottish and he bakes and he won. Oh. And he was so surprised. It was so cute. I know. Poor thing. I just, I just want to cuddle him I and have too. a glass of whiskey. Like, <laughs> let's just sit in front of a fire and stare into each other's eyes and you just talk <laughs> and I'll just listen. <laughs> That's all I want. <laughs> Honestly. You talk, okay, I so listen. He, <laughs> yep. You just talk in that beautiful Scottish accent of yours <laughs> and just, I'll just melt over here in the corner. Okay. So, um, I have another article from Psychology Today called The Child Performer. So this is from 2011, but I did read it and it's still pretty relevant. So um, the thing is that not a lot of things have changed. Yeah. <laughs> as far as as far as how I think that they're trying, you know, to maybe I think be the, I think that the the existence of the Internet is making a lot of things better for kids mm-hmm. because people who are former child actors have spoken out and been so vocal about what they were actually exposed to and things like that to where parents are now a little bit more aware. Yeah. And I think steps have been taken to where maybe, you know, someone isn't snorting cocaine right next to an eight-year-old. Pause. Yes. Pause. Okay. So this was written by Wanda Barron's Horrell. And she has a lot of letters after her name. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was published in June of 2011. So, and it has been peer-reviewed, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so here we go. Whether in acting, modeling, or sports, the world is full of children in the pursuit of stardom. The drive for fame can result from a parent's unfulfilled childhood dreams or from a child's inner vision of celebrity and success. Mm-hmm. Um, or it could also just be I want to act, which is what, you know, I mean, Kaylee Cuoco has been acting since she was like five or six. Um, but her parents were, you know, her parents kept her in. Uh, she she lived at home, went to school, like, you know what I mean? And she mm-hmm. got a really good job on a sitcom that was chill. Yeah. <laughs> chill enough that it was like nurturing and stuff like that. So she had really good, she got, was, got really lucky and had really good parts with really good castmates that looked after her as opposed to what some kids can fall into. So, yeah. Um, sorry, that one's just fresh on my mind. So I just wanted to no, slip that in. Okay. okay. So <laughs> I didn't um, know that she'd been acting that long. Me neither. I thought that she just like started kind of around the time where she started Big Bang Theory. Oh, no. She was on Charmed when she was like 20. Really? Yeah, she's in the last season of Charmed. Oh, well, I I don't think I ever watched, like, the final season. I, Mom and I watched that when I was really little, so I don't really remember mm-hmm. a whole lot of it. I remember, well, like, it's the not premise. on Netflix anymore, yeah. so it's fine. Um, but, yeah, she was on that, and she was also, she was on a sitcom called Eight is Enough or something like that. Mm-hmm. When she was, like, 15. Nice. Um, and then she did, like, commercials and stuff when she was a little kid. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, do, 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 do. So among those few children who actually attain fame, some go through an expe- the experience emotionally unscathed, but others are not as fortunate. How does stardom affect a child's emotional growth? Are there long-term effects that will impact his or her development? What are the signs that a young star is at risk emotionally and physically? 
The answers to these questions will depend on the motivation of the child and parent, as well as the child's age, length of time in the spotlight, level of commitment, work environment, and financial gains. There's so much. (laughs) So child actors are often overprotected and pampered, which can lead to difficulties in learning how to attend every, uh, learning how to attend to everyday tasks, such as scheduling, doing laundry, and cooking meals, skills that most of us acquire during our growing up years. They can feel awkward when socializing with their normal peers. In other, way, in other ways, they are overdeveloped as a result of having been exposed to the fast-paced and lucrative world of show business. So they're like overdeveloped and underdeveloped at the same time, yeah. which can be really difficult. You've got your foot in both worlds. You're like supposed to behave as a professional and as an adult because mm-hmm. you have a job as an eight-year-old yeah and then you also have one foot in the but i'm an eight-year-old yeah <laughs> like world you, like you're not supposed to throw a tantrum on set no but you might throw a tantrum on set because you're eight because <laughs> you're eight yes and that's okay because you're eight yeah. <laughs> and you need sleep and you're probably not getting as much mm-hmm. sleep as you need you need sleep and or you just need, spending a lot of yeah. time traveling back and forth and commuting and it's just a lot. Yeah. So, um, what makes an what makes a child actor a successful adult? Quote: I would never wish my upbringing on anyone. Mary Kate Olson to- told Murray Claire magazine, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't take it back for the world. The Olsen twins, Mary Kate and Ashley, I was obsessed with them <laughs> when I was younger. I was yeah, so me too. obsessed I with them. I think everybody had a phase where they were. Oh my god. I loved their little their little their little movies. Mm. Their little um like little one hour kid movies where they like solved crimes or whatever. Oh yeah. my god. I was so obsessed. I had their little cassette tape where they like sang stuff. Oh, so cute. I loved all their little movies like Billboard Dad and like whatever the soccer movie was. Oh, I and loved the, one the soccer Christy, movie, yeah. Christy Alley or whatever. Kirsty, whatever, where they go to camp and oh god, it's just it was so cute. Mm-hmm. How the West was was fun and uh <laughs> I loved their movies. And then when they got older, I mean like that's how I learned how to French kiss was by watching their like London one and like Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm 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 in love. I love. I was obsessed with Ashley's hair. Just can't. I, I loved them so much. <laughs> uh, and then they were so cute on Full House. Okay, yes, they were. So uh, the Olsen twins, Mary Kate and Ashley, made their screen debut at the age of one. And what followed was a childhood of stardom and fame. Now, at the age of twenty-five, the this was in twenty eleven. So they are not. 25 anymore by the way mm-hmm. <laughs> they are older than me um <laughs> the olsen the olsen sisters focus mainly on fashion though they have like yeah. a fashion line um childhood stars such it's really funny i watched an interview with them because they were talking about their fashion line i think it was like on ellen or something and they were like this is so weird like i haven't been on a, in front of a camera in like <laughs> 15 years <laughs> uh. Um, childhood stars such as Jodie Foster, Natalie Portman, and Brooke Shields eased into the eased their transition from adulthood to a health from childhood to a healthy adulthood by attending college before returning to show business. Um, mm-hmm. Similarly, Leonardo DiCaprio, Scarlett Johansson, and Kristen Stewart shifted into adult roles unscathed by drugs or arrest and continue to enjoy successful acting careers. Um, Wow. Others, such as Patty Duke, Macaulay Culkin, and Drew Barrymore, struggled with drugs and alcohol. 
Uh, Rusty Hamer of the Danny Thomas show committed suicide. Danny Bonaduce, or uh, sorry, what is it? Completed suicide. Yeah. Uh, Danny Bonaducci of the Partridge family was arrested for assault. Different Strokes actor Todd Bridges, who battled crack cocaine addiction for several years, was tried for the attempted murder of a drug dealer. He was uh, he was acquitted, though, uh-huh. by the way. Um, and Lindsay Lohan has been arrested twice for DUIs. Poor but thing. because of the nature, I know it's it's awful. Um, and then there's so many people, you know, like Miley Cyrus is a great example. Oh, Lindsay yeah. Lohan is another example where they try, they've they tried to like boost into like, hey, I'm an adult by like releasing a lot of like really sexual stuff. Yeah. And being uh, like Lindsay Lohan did had a brief singing career and she released this like really sexual music video. And it was just like, yeah. It was uncomfortable and cringy because it was like it was trying too hard, not because she was a child star, but mm-hmm. because it was like, ooh, like, calm down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, Miley Cyrus kind of went off the rails and I just cannot get the... You remember when Blurred Lines came out and she was at the the awards show or whatever and was like grinding on this teddy bear and like Twerking, sticking her tongue yeah. out everywhere and ugh. I'm just like, we can, I can respect you as an adult, but like, act like an adult. <laughs> you don't need to act like that. Well, unfortunately, I think at that time period, I guess that was 2011 or so. I think that was how, like, you were an adult, quote unquote, but not, like, not really, not, now we look back and it's cringy, but that was, oh, she's an it was adult like show now. Yeah, yeah, she's a grown-up now. And it was like, there were, I'm sure, all of these Hannah Montana fans who were like 12 and their parents were like, oh, I can't believe she would do that. But it's like, you also have to, people have a hard time, especially parents, have mm-hmm. a hard time separating characters from the actual people who play them. Yeah. And you have to, we have to remember, and we have to give people a break and let them be themselves. Like, the, mm-hmm. she can't be Hannah Montana when she goes out to, like, the grocery store and you bump into her with your five-year-old. Yeah, like, no. <laughs> that is unacceptable. She's not at work. <laughs> like, you, you can't, you can't put that expectation on somebody. No. To be this perfect role model because humans are flawed. Exactly. And that's part of what makes people great. Is, that's part of what makes people good role models is that they mess up. You know what I mean? And then you see them put their put themselves get back up and keep going. That's what makes a good role model, not that they live a perfect untouchable life. <laughs> yeah. Like you're allowed so, to mess up and it's better when you do. Disney has a lot of has a long history of kind of fucking people up. Yeah, fucking Disney's up their kids, the their worst. child stars. Yeah. Um Yeah. So uh, these these children are at high risk of becoming emotionally unstable and becoming drug, alcohol, or sex abusers. Children at different ages display behavioral changes that might indicate that they are at risk. So those th- those between the ages of two and eight might exhibit the following signs of stress, which is regression, mm-hmm. uh, meaning they're displaying infantile behaviors, thumb sucking, bedwetting, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, depression crying, anxiety, clinging, and temper tantrums. Mm -hmm. Um, Indications that teens are troubled include poor grades, change of friends, isolation, distancing from family, oversleeping, drug or alcohol abuse, eating disorders, cutting, lying, and keeping secrets. Mm -hmm. So is it possible to be a child actor and develop normally? Only if the parents do what is in the best interest of the child's development and well-being. So I think that those who, the ones that I have listened to, 
who have come through kind of unscathed, like Mila Kunis and Kristen Stewart and people like that, are people whose parents were also in show business and knew what to look for and knew to keep them close. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And knew to really pay attention. And they were the ones who actually came to set and advocated for their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that Mila Kunis never knew how much money she even had made. Yeah. Like her parents never touched her money, but they put it in a her own they opened a savings account for her and all of her paychecks went in there and they continued to support her even though they were poor they were very poor and they could have used that money and she's actually said that multiple times she's like i can't believe my parents didn't like yeah use the money i was making because like we could have not had ketchup sandwiches you know what i'm saying like <laughs> well um, um actually and right now there like there's an iCarly reunion happening and one of the stars of that show aww. Uh, Jeanette McCurdy, she's not going to be on it because she is embarrassed of the roles that she took because she took Aww. them because her mom forced her to because they were poor and they right. See, money. there's the other side of it. Yeah. That's that's what that's where we get into exploiting your child. Yeah, and that's where things can go really wrong because then you're not advocating for your child mm-hmm. for their well-being. You're advocate you might be advocating a little bit, but it's for your own gain and that's where things go south and are not cool. Yeah. Um but like I said, most of the time if 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 you're a parent who's familiar with the business and you're being supportive and you're doing everything in your power to nor- to keep things normal and give your kid a normal, you know, uh, as normal as possible of a childhood, mm-hmm. I think your kid can get through it perfectly fine and have a successful life. Yeah. It, it's it's when things go evil. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you, maybe, and I'm, I'm not going to knock Daniel Radcliffe's parents because he his parents were in, were in show business a lot yeah. too. And it, you can you can do everything right and your kid can still go off the rails a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or, or a lot. Yeah. Because they're kids, and that's what happens. But, I mean, that happens to kids who aren't in show business. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's one of those things. It's the risk you take as being a parent. But if you can do everything in your power, maybe you can curb it a little bit, Mm -hmm. at least. You know? So, all right. I have one more article that's a little bit more modern. Okay. And it's outside my comfort zone, (laughs) because I don't know anything about it. So, um. This is about TikTok. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> so this is by uh, Rachel Greenspan, and it was it came out in July of 2020. Mm-hmm. So this is in the thick of the pandemic. Yeah. And we're going to talk about TikTok for a second. TikTok so is fun. TikTok, TikTok, sure. TikTok <laughs> is breeding a new batch of a, a new batch of child stars. Um, psychologists say what comes next won't be pretty. Yeah. So. Uh, oh, those are just like blips. Okay. Sorry. I was trying to figure out what <laughs> these little bullet points were at the top. Okay. Mm-hmm. So in 1968, Andy Warhol predicted that in the future, quote, everyone will be world famous for 15 minutes. Yeah. He was right. And that was before TikTok, <laughs> where all it takes to blow up is an iPhone and a pretty face. Yeah. But Warhol couldn't have predicted that TikTok's algorithm would quickly sweep up a huge group of children, making them some of the most famous people in the world in the blink of an eye. The most the most followed creator on TikTok, Charlie D'Amelio, yeah. D'Amelio 
Turned 16 on May 1st, Lauren Gray, whom D'Amelio recently overtook for the top spot in the on the short form video platform, turned 18 in April. The young age of the app's biggest stars was on full display amid recent drama as D'Amelio and Chase Hudson, 18, fought over their relationship publicly on Twitter. A series of tweets from both of them implicated the other TikTok megastars in the saga, too, including Josh Richards, 18, and Nessa Barrett, 17. Experts warn that these young influencers will face the typical hurdles of child fame, but with the additional complication of real-time social media surveillance by millions and an algorithmically programmed addiction to the instant gratification of a never-ending barrage of notifications. There's also the thing where, like, when you haven't been in and around show business and stuff, like, most of most child stars have, like, publicists and things mm-hmm. like that that help them navigate fame. It helps you navigate what to say, how to interview, how to conduct yourself. Well, normally... When you've come... Normally, when, when you've come... Sorry, go ahead. When you've come to it like this, you don't have that background of, like, okay, well, this is how, like... To, let's like not have a Twitter war. Yeah. <laughs> and like this is how to take the bullying that happens to a lot of famous people, you know, where mm-hmm. that's why a lot of famous people don't actually have their own Instagrams. Yeah. Because people come on and they're like, fuck you, Zac Efron. And like, it's like, I don't need that in my life. Yeah. There's a, so much rejection in show business anyway. We don't need that in my phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? What were you going to say? Um, I was just going to say, I, like normally from what I've seen, um, when content creators start getting bigger and they um, they amass a bigger following, publicists and managers start coming to them trying to help True. them out. And True, but when I, you've only had it yeah. for five seconds because TikTok is so fast, yeah. TikTok is not YouTube. Yeah, I <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It happens literally overnight for some people and that you don't have that. And mm-hmm. you're also 16, and your brain is not developed and you're not thinking about consequences and you'll just respond with whatever fucking comes into your head and then you could end up canceled and then like you know what i mean yeah because of what's happening right now because with cancel culture every tiny little issue is an atomic bomb of an issue yeah or has been blown up to that big of an issue which it seems like the overwhelming majority doesn't care for cancel culture, so I'm not really sure why it's continuing, but I guess it's the small majority that screams the loudest. But yeah. anyway, um, so we've had cases of, quote, we've had ch- cases of child stars in different eras and different times, but this is a more enhanced and hyper version of that, um, says, oh God, Siren McMahon, <laughs> F- PhD, the author of The Psychology of Social Media, which sounds like an interesting read. Um, Mm -hmm. Quote, I don't know how that will work out, but history would suggest that it's not going to be pretty. Unquote. Um, Adapting to life in the spotlight is hard enough for grown-ups and for young young influencers, that is compounded with incessant social media attention. While the advent of social media apps like TikTok and Instagram have given the world more ways to connect, it's also changed the meaning of fame and reshaped the path to becoming a celebrity. It used to be like when you were famous, you had privacy within your own home. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You just, I mean, you may have had to be careful, wear some sunglasses and a baseball cap to like go out and go to the grocery store or something like that. Or like 
paparazzi might be hiding in your bushes or or something like that. Yeah. With social media, it's constantly in your face all the time. It's on your phone. The thing that you're using constantly. Yeah. It's just very, it's very different. So, um, and it can be very addicting to sit and watch how many likes you're getting and how many people are being mean. And it's just, you can just sit and scroll and scroll and scroll because we have constant access as opposed to you would have to buy the magazine or you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. there's not that that wall that separation um lost my place so perhaps most notably the fact that everyday children are so wait what well yeah no okay sorry but (laughs) lost completely lost my place perhaps most notably is the fact that everyday children are so easily vaulted into the spotlight with little predictability Quote, your ability to assess risk, your ability to make some cognitive judgments to plan ahead, all of those things are cognitive skills that develop over that over that period of time, said social media said media psychologist Pamela Rutledge, PhD, speaking about the period of life before 25, before the quote rational part of the brain is fully developed. Experiencing fame during adolescence, Rutledge says, makes it even harder for celebrities to keep a handle on reality. Uh, quote, everyone wants to be famous, but in fact, for most of us, that's not the real world. Uh, these influencer celebrities are at risk for the same challenges faced by traditional Hollywood ch- child stars, made infamous by the likes of Lindsay Lohan, Drew Barrymore, and Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Quote, from the time I became famous on E.T., my life got really weird, Barrymore t- told people in 1989 of her experience with child fame. Quote, one day I was a little girl and the next day I was being mobbed by people who wanted me to sign my autograph or pose for pictures or who just wanted to touch me. It was frightening. That's disgusting. Yeah. Um, I was this seven-year-old who was expected to be going going on a, a matured 29. She's so cute. There's a little picture of her. She was so cute when she was little. She was. She's so cute. <laughs> um, Amy Poehler has talked about this too she will not take pictures with people anymore oh yeah not to be a bitch it's not that Mm -hmm. it's because the touching like when you have to like put your arm around a stranger Mm -hmm. it's weirdly intimate and it makes her uncomfortable and gives her anxiety yeah she's like i'm sorry i'm not gonna take a picture with you but i'll be happy to sign something you know what i mean she's like the nicest person ever yeah and she was talking about she was like because Dax was talking about like his experience with stuff and she was like imagine if you were Leslie Nope and people <laughs> expect you to be the like yeah. on that level they're expecting this experience with you and she's like I'm not Leslie Nope <laughs> like I'm Amy it's like I can't I'm do not that. Leslie Nope I can't be that person you know what I mean I can't do that all the time and people she's like I don't want people to think I'm being a bitch like I, I just I I can't I can't do the I can't do it any like I can't do that there's so much less control because everyone has a camera now like she's like I get it you don't have privacy that's not what it is Mm -hmm. for her it's not like you know you're in the public eye but it's so weirdly intimate that everyone wants a selfie with you yeah think about it like I've I've even gone and done like I've gone to Mm comic-cons and I met the charmed cast and you can pay 200 bucks or whatever and get a picture with them it was so uncomfortable I will never do it again yeah I would so much rather wait in the line and get the autograph because then you get an actual conversation like there's an exchange you say hey I love your work it's awesome this is the best show ever like yeah 
I, I love the show. It gives me it gives me happiness. I watch it every Halloween, blah, 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 blah. And they can say, oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much for your support. We like we love the fans. They sign the picture. You go on. Yeah. You know, that's a much more pleasant exchange. Waiting in line to take a picture. There's no exchange. There's no conversation. You walk up. Leo puts his arm around you. You smile and you leave. It's so weird. It's so awkward. Uh, It's so weirdly intimate with strangers. Because they've been in my living room in front of me every day for, you know, not every day, but so many times I feel like I know them. But you get up in front and you're like, hey, these are people. Yeah. They are not their characters. You know what I mean? And it would, it's just, this is a one-sided relationship here. Yeah. (laughs) And the fact that with kids, you know, like, especially a little girl. Oh, the fact that people want to like come up and like put their arm around your little girl and take a picture is Uh, too much. Yeah, that's too much. And we need to respect that. You know, exactly. I think Matt LeBlanc won't do it either. He won't do pictures with people either because of it. It's it's too much. And we need to respect people's boundaries. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Also, like if you're constantly just behind your camera you're not experiencing life yeah have a conversation with the guy and get a good story shake his hand i loved you on friends you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like we don't need that you can maintain that memory in your head you don't have to get a selfie with him and then post it all over twitter or whatever Mm -hmm. like it's just that's not we need to stop looking elsewhere sorry this is my little soapbox we have to stop looking for that external gratification of like look what happened this is in my highlight reel so everyone can be jealous of me like come on (laughs) this is their lives (laughs) so uh barrymore's experience of being thrust into the spotlight at a young age has been echoed by countless other child stars throughout more than a century of hollywood history as early fame has led many to a host of problems including drug and alcohol abuse mental illness and familial struggles this is no hard kept secret It's been documented thoroughly by celebrity tabloids for years, and it keeps happening, which is bonkers. Um, It's it's also a phenomenon that has been studied by psychologists, including Donna Rockwell, PhD, and David Giles, PhD, whose 2009 article in the the Journal of, oh God, Phenomenological (laughs) Psychology, (laughs) woo, identified, quote, four temporal phases in the mind of a celebrity, Uh, love-hate addiction, acceptance and adaptation quote when a person becomes famous there's so much attention on the famous person that neurologically they forget how to tune back out yeah in other words how to have appropriate and healthy empathy for other people like when you get so much attention on you it's hard to not be a little bit self-centered yeah um everybody got mad at sam smith for a minute because um he like posted a video or they posted a video like crying because they were stuck in their mansion uh during covid and people were like hey you're stuck in a mansion you're fine some some (laughs) of us are stuck in a one bedroom hotel room or one bedroom apartment with someone who beats us yeah and some people are homeless like calm your ass you're you're fine yeah (laughs) (laughs) let's uh my wallet's too small for my 50s and my diamond shoes are too tight. Okay. Um, <laughs> Bitches in the back of the Bentley. Yeah. Okay. No. 
<laughs> Ain't no good comes from a bunch of bitches in the backseat of the Bentley. God, I need to watch his special again. I can't wait to get internet. Okay. Um, so uh, Rockwell, a researcher and clinical psychologist who specializes in celebrity mental health, told Insider, quote, it isn't even a choice when it comes down to it. There's so much incoming attention that the neurons lose their memory on what's necessary. Yeah. As far as it as far as in extending an empathetic outreach. That's so interesting that it's like measurable like that. I love I love psychology. Yeah. And neuroscience and all that stuff it's so fascinating i love it i um, can't understand it so I'm i just, can't understand it but i love it i'm fascinated it's so cool but i know my limits so, right <laughs> i could never major in it but i will totally read this so rockwell added that that even quote for the most grounded people getting swept up into the spotlight of fame is very difficult to withstand and to stay grounded so for a child it's 10 times more difficult it's exponentially more challenging because they haven't even developed a full self yet Mm -hmm. so sorry i just thought of kristen stewart one of the ways that she was able to i think she got really lucky that she was able to transition and so did the harry potter kids they were able to grow up on screen. So people watched her. She turned 18 in the first Twilight movie. Yeah. And then they watched her become an adult because that character becomes an adult. So it was a smoother transition. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You. It was a little bit smoother of a transition. She goes from a high school kid to a married person with a sex life and a child. Yeah. In that series. So people were able to kind of make that leap a little bit for you know what I mean people Mm -hmm. were able to see that better as opposed to someone like poor Will Wheaton who was in Stand By Me and was this this cute little kid and then pops up as an adult seven years later you know what I mean it's like jarring for the audience which isn't fair and it shouldn't be a thing Mm -hmm. but that is what happens I'm not justifying that mentality he should still get parts and be successful and happy yeah but, you know, that that is what tends to happen in show business. There's been a lot of discrimination that way. And then you get upset because you don't know why you're not getting parts because you're not that cute little kid anymore. Yeah. You're not fitting into the box that people want to put you in. So um, I think that was another thing with the Harry Potter kids. We watched them grow up. You know what I'm saying? We watched them grow through this whole series and they emerged, you know, fully as adults at the end of this, you know, eight movie <laughs> franchise. Yeah. So it's a little bit easier to swallow. And it, it, I think it's harder when people are, are actors and then take breaks or whatever and then try and return. It, it can be a little bit more challenging. Yeah. But anyway, I didn't want to discount that. Um, but and not everyone has that opportunity. The, those those groups of people were very lucky in that respect. So anyway, um, so for t- for children and teens, identity can easily morph and become lost in fame, with their notoriety becoming an ingrained part of their personality. Mm-hmm. Just like all of our careers, we can think that we are our careers. You know. Yeah. Um, quote: It isn't like somebody is giving you a part to play in or uh, wait giving you a part to play in or writing a script for you you're having to do this sort of creation all the time said Rutledge uh quote at one point it is it is you and at what wait at what point is it you and at what point is it the person that you've created Mm -hmm. is it the persona that you've put on you know 
Uh, the addiction to social media already poses a problem for most kids in, G- in Gen Z, whether they have 5 million followers or 500. Just a little interesting factoid there. Yeah. Um, according to the... Uh, according to the online brain how the internet may be changing our cognition published in in the june 19th edition of the world psychology medical journal the social media attention of any kind directly can directly quantify our social success or failure by providing clear metrics such as likes followers and views Uh, Quote, given the addictive nature of this immediate self-defining feedback, social media companies may even capitalize upon this to maximally maximally engage users. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, growing evidence indicates that relying on online feedback for self-esteem can have adverse effects on young people, the report found. So when that quantified social when when that quantified social success or lack thereof is magnified in the form of fame, it can be extremely difficult to find a sense of self self worth outside of that attention. Yeah. <clears throat> so with social media, people become obsessed with their own visibility, whether they're aware of it or not. Influencers are constantly fighting to be seen and battling this quote threat of invisibility. Hmm. Uh, The algorithms that underlie practically every social media service today force us to compete for visibility, McMahon says. Um, As themselves, (laughs) wait, as such, these teenagers may may now feel themselves in an extraordinary bind, competing against each other and the newsfeed algorithms in order to maintain visibility, a competition in which only the social media services succeed. No one comes out unscathed, (laughs) unfortunately. Uh, the concept of viral social media fame has become so ingrained in our society that it's almost natural for people to hope their next post will, will take off, McMahon said. Um, quote, I think most of us harbor a slight desire and maybe an unconscious one that this is the tweet that will go viral, he said. Of course, for the vast majority of, majority of us, it isn't. Oh, this is kind of long. I think I'll stop there. Okay. I didn't realize how much longer this was. No, it's okay. So, I thought that was really interesting. Shia yeah. Buff is another one. Oh, yeah. He just popped up in here. He kind of went off the rails and got weird. I was so obsessed with Even Stevens when I was little. <laughs> it's such a huge crush on him. Oh, I... I love him in Transformers. Oh, I loved him in... He has that motor mouth... He has that, mo- like, that motor mouth comedy, like Vince Vaughn, that I just find so hilarious and so adorable. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't handle it. I really liked him in Disturbia. That was when yes, I that too. first saw him, I think. He's, he's great. So, all right. Anything to add? Uh, I don't think so. Not until my segment... Cool. All right. Let's take a quick break. All right. All right. Hi, everybody. We're back. Hello. That was only a second for you guys, but (laughs) a bit longer than I meant for that to be. (laughs) There was a water situation and a dog that needed to go potty and so many things. Yep. Um, all right, so my article, I've only got one, but it's it's a little bit longer. Um, this is from allthatsinteresting.com. Yay! I love yeah, that website. I do too. 
Uh, it was published uh, February 4th, 2020, um, and it's titled The Tragic True Stories Behind Some of Hollywood's Biggest Child Stars. Um, and this is just written by the website. It didn't give, like, a they don't author. Cite their authors. All right. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is no secret that the lives of Hollywood performers are often fraught with difficulties. But when the performers in question are children, the results of living in the spotlight are often even more tragic. Um, indeed, the intense scrutiny that comes with maturing in Hollywood has spelled the downfall of some of the industry's most beloved child actors. There are more fortunate cases, which sadly seem few and far between, where some young performers were able to, to transcend the bizarre and concerning circumstances of their upbringing to lead productive and even fairly grounded lives. Uh, this is one thing that concerns me about, like, the Stranger Things kids. Mm-hmm. And, um, because we've already seen issues, um, with people like Drake hitting on Millie Bobby Brown. Um. Yeah, not good. Yeah. So, um. She's awesome, and, like, by the way. Yeah, she is. I really is. hope she, like, makes it through unscathed because she's such a good actor. <laughs> I hope so too, but um, but I think this was like right before COVID happened. Um, I don't know what event they were at. It might have been like the Golden Globes. I don't know. Um, but she was dressed like an adult, of like course, to the yeah. point that no one recognized her at first. Yeah, that's not great either. Stylist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they are older than they look, though, too. I think they're teenagers. They, they've they got to be pushing adulthood now. They're, I think they're all teenagers. I know that Finn is, like, right on that line, 17, 18. He might have just turned 18. Yeah, they're, they're, they're um, getting up there. They're getting up there. It just, it, it did. It's still like, inappropriate. Yeah, it's still yeah, inappropriate. I'm just saying. <laughs> that I, I was shocked when I found out how old they were. Yeah, just because they look so young. They look like, so especially young, Especially in the yeah. first season. Yeah. And, like, they were playing middle school students. So, exactly. Like, um, and I don't know, I'm just, I I get mama bear over any kid. Oh, for sure. Like, that, I, Absolutely. that I see could be in danger. It's hard. Um, yeah. I mean, Especially I, when you go to the, the, um, you go to the events like that. Mm-hmm. And you want to wear the pretty dress too. You know what I mean? It's just, it's mm-hmm. hard. You could be, she could have been sponsored by that designer to wear that dress, yeah. you know? And it's like, how do you say no to that money? And it's just, yeah. it's a lot. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I'm, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. No one knows. That's why this issue yeah. persists. <laughs> like as, as a person who like was abused exactly in different ways like yes. i i just i see kids that are at risk for that and i'm like oh fuck yeah you no, know, I know how do i how do i help right like, and and there's not much you can do like as no. a person uh, except not support whatever they're doing like right. like not watch the shows or you know um stuff like that and um, everyone should watch Stranger Things, by the way. Kay is oh, not well, saying yeah. don't watch Stranger Things. It's an excellent show. <laughs> no. And I think and I think we just have to be aware. Like a relatively good job of like keeping those kids safe. But I agree. Like yeah. at the same time. You, it's, you it's, just I think be that careful. most of the danger like that tends to come from events. Yeah. To be honest with um, you. 
Yeah, I think so too. Generally, I think sets are a safe place because it's a professional environment. Not to say yeah. that things don't happen. I mean, in general. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it's when you go to the premieres and the, the after parties and the, you know, the award shows, things like that, yeah. that things get weird. <laughs> but anyway. The kids should have their own after parties. I agree. They should not be having after parties with the adults. I agree. Uh, just. But it's hard because you want to draw that's that where boundary. You, that's where you go and network. So yeah. it's it's just it's it's just it's a weird blurred situation that needs to get supervised addressed. networking by their parents. Yes, like. it needs to get addressed. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh God, I could never. I I'm just I'm so weird. I could never let my kid. Mm-mm. Be not by themselves. Me. Nope. Yeah. Um. Not in that kind of arena. Mm-mm. And like, I wanted to do this topic because I've been watching like a lot of clips from Dance Moms recently. Oh God. And like all those kids, they grew up on that show. And I mean, Abby Abby Lee Miller has her own demons and reasons why she should not be teaching. Um. But like I've never seen that show. Uh, yeah. What is it, what what's it on? Is it like on a the, is it like a reality on, show? I don't know what it is. It's like it's like uh I think it was on Lifetime when it was mm, airing. Okay. They're not going to air it anymore. Uh because Abby Lee Miller said some said some things that were extremely racist. Oh no. The whole network has dropped her. Wow. Um yeah, which, A, I think it was time, like, not even for the fact that she was racist, yes, there were a lot of issues with that that were especially explored in the show, mm-hmm. but also the way that she treated those kids is... Deplorable, I'm guessing. Yeah, super deplorable. Um, I get that there's a way to teach, but... That's not how you teach children and build them up. And a lot of the show was uh, that I did approve of was the mothers were standing up for their children. Mm, gotcha. They did stand up for their children a lot. That's good. Um, but the show was made so popular because of how mean Abby was to those and kids. And the drama and like, of that. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. And... and Maddie Ziegler, who is now like she's so been we're in finding, a lot of so Sia's. see we, that's something we need to look at in ourselves mm-hmm. as a society. Like when you're addicted to a show like that, mm-hmm. and you're entertained by the emotional abuse of children. Yeah, <laughs> we need to take a hard look at that. Yeah, and like Maddie Ziegler, she I mean she has come out on top. Um, she is. Like, she's been in Sia's music video. She was in Sia's recent movie, which was not great. Mm. Um, and no one should watch that. Um, <laughs> How did Sia make a movie? She doesn't show uh, her face. Well, she produced it and, like, wrote oh, it. Oh, okay. And gotcha. she didn't do her, the correct research. Um, oh, dear. Okay. Yep. She, uh, it's a movie about autism. And she did that with um, Autism Speaks, which is not um, a good organization. A good organization. foundation, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Anyway, though, and, let's not yeah, but let's anyway. not go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, like I guess what I'm trying to say is that was one kid off of that show that yeah. did extremely well. The others, and the rest I are mean, emotionally traumatized forever. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the others. They, I mean, some of them are singing. They've written books. Like they're doing okay, but they are not. What they're doing now was not worth what they were put through. Fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um, So, I I mean, I've been... Well, and then, like, also Jojo Siwa is really big, and she was on that show for a while. Oh, is that who that is? That's where she came yeah. from? Okay. Yeah. I know who that is. Um, that's the hair bow girl, right? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, and... Uh, I don't. I, mean, I, don't I don't know think... anything about her other than she has a big hair bow and she sings and has had weird movies made about her life. Yeah, she also like she got sent weird shit to the Abby Lee Dance Company. There was this guy that like had tattoos of her, was stalking That's her. That's so weird. Yeah, it was. It was really bad. Um, because she. I mean, she was a tiny little thing. I mean, she is She's just now looks an like, adult. She looks like a ten year old. Like yeah, and she um, looks. Yo- she looked young even when she was young. She looked younger than she was. I think just from looking yeah. at the cases of her movies. Like I've never seen anything that she's done. But yeah, um, so and, and like she's just recently come out as gay, and like that was a huge ordeal. Oh God. Um, but I mean, she's doing pretty well for herself too. That's um, great. Yeah. Yeah. But also like she was emotionally traumatized well, it's on that hard show. When you're trying to figure out who you are to then have it all publicly scrutinized and have yeah. everyone know all your business when you're trying to figure out something like, do I like men or women? That's a lot yeah. of pressure. Exactly. Um, so You're not I, only just having the conversation with your parents and friends and family, it's the entire fucking world. That's too mm-hmm. much. Yeah. That's, but anyway, that's kind of where this came from, just because, gotcha. like, I've been watching them dance, because I, I love dance. I was a dancer when I was a kid, and I wish that I hadn't stopped. Me too, I um, love it. Yeah, but, like, I love watching them dance. I think they do a great job. Um, And I I love watching the mothers stand up. For their kids. But, like, I I remember, like, my mom would have it on. And, like, I just, I see clips on Facebook. So, I don't, like, mm-hmm. sit and watch it all the time. Right. But, like, if a clip comes up on Facebook, I'll watch it. Um, but, uh, anyway. Sorry. Um, <coughs> you should be. There. I'm so mad. <laughs> I'm sure you are. Furious. Uh, so this first one, um It's like the seventeenth time she's apologized today for nothing, by the way. That's why I'm giving her shit in case anyone <laughs> wants to I think that I'm mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Okay. So the first one is Shirley Temple. Yes. Um Remembering Shirley Temple's infant burlesque. I had no idea that this was a thing. I didn't either. Um the curly top child star of the Great Depression had a questionable Hollywood or- origin story. Not that she could be held accountable for this at just three years old. Oh my god. Three. I can't three. even. Um, 
Shirley Temple was perhaps the nation's first true child star, known as she was far and wide at the dawn of the film industry. Famous for her plucky attitude, adorable dancing, and maybe most famously, her mop of curly red hair, Temple quickly became a beacon of innocence and joy in the midst of the Great Depression of the 1930s. Gosh, she was cute. She was. So cute. Yet, while she's closely associated with happy-go-lucky films such as Curly Top and The Littlest Rebel, the beginning of her storied career is undoubtedly marred by some rather seedy practices. Oh, God. Indeed, before she was a bona fide Hollywood phenomenon, Shirley Temple appeared in a set of films known as Baby Burlesque. I just threw up in my mouth. Yeah. Uh, I'm not... I'm not worried about that. Uh, These pre-code era films featured a cast comprised entirely of toddlers playing parodies of much more mature films that touched on current events, films of the day, actors, actresses, and politics. Okay, that sounds kind of cute, but I have a feeling it's, it's not. While the concept itself may seem innocuous, the children of the baby burlesque were required to perform in skimpy clothing and yeah, that's not nope, scenarios. nope. So they, see, they made it weird. They took something yep. hilarious and adorable, and they made it <laughs> stupid and gross. Yep. Um. In one such film entitled "War Babies," Shirley Temple is seen wearing a loose-fitting top that seems almost purposely designed to slip and fall down her arms in a suggestive way. Oh my god. But perhaps the most concerning aspect of the film lies in the fact that Temple is required to channel the mannerisms and demeanor of a sex worker. What? Um, yeah. Okay, first of all, what kind of asshole pedophile decided to call it baby burlesque? Yeah. Starting off on the wrong foot there. Mm Mm-hmm. Second of all, what kind of fucking parent... Signs their what? child, their three-year-old daughter, up for something called baby burlesque. <laughs> yeah, I'm well, gonna shit I mean, on her mom for a second because yeah. no. And I mean, dad. I get, I kind of get, like Great Depression. You do what you can. You gotta make but money, also, but sexualizing but also, your three-year-old. Yeah. yeah, that's not the way to go about it. She sorry, done ketchup else. sandwiches aren't that bad. Yeah. (laughs) Try again. Uh, From performing a caricature of a seductive dance to being referred to as Baby by a band of sailors, also played by barely dressed young boys. Oh my god. To even calling herself expensive, (gasps) Shirley Temple's role in War Babies is just one example of the ways in which Baby Burlesque took advantage of the innocence of child actors too young to understand or consent to the highly sexualized roles they had to play. Oh my god. Yeah. And there's a clip of it. These boys don't have shirts on. Oh! It's really sad. Um, Temple would later go on to say that the films were a cynical exploitation of our childish innocence and that they occasionally were racist or sexist. Of course they were. It was the Great Depression. Mm -hmm. (laughs) As Shirley Temple's career progressed, so too did some of the harsh rumors that spread about her. Oh, God. At the height of her fame, rumors swirled that she was not a child at all, but rather a 30-year-old dwarf. The what? story became so pervasive that the Vatican even dispatched a priest to confirm whether or not Temple was actually an adult. Why? You take her what? to a doctor. What? Oh, but 
Oh, what? But one, one, it one, doesn't matter. One, who cares? Two, yeah. <laughs> two, two, if you're that fucking concerned, a doctor, not a goddamn priest. But, but why, why did the Vatican give a shit? Is my yeah, question. I have no idea. Why is the Catholic I've... Church involved? <laughs> I don't understand. When is the Catholic Church not involved? Why does the Pope involved? give a shit about how old Shirley Temple is? I have no don't idea. Don't they have bigger fish to fry? Like making sure no one uses birth control and bullshit like that? <laughs> yeah. What? Um. Oh, yeah, Lord. This is bad. Um. <laughs> This is gross. <laughs> <laughs> Additional rumors spread that her hair was a wig, which brought fans to make routine attempts to pull on her curls in the hopes of revealing Oh a my head. god, people have no fucking boundaries. Again, who cares? Yeah. yeah. Who cares if her hair is fake? Um You pack of weirdos? She's adorable. Exactly. Leave it alone. Um, I'm going to skip a little bit. God, of this, she was but, so um, cute. Like I had a friend, the one of my friends in elementary school was like obsessed with her movies. Mm-hmm. So we, we, I've seen, it's been a long time, but I, I've, we, we used to watch them all the time. She's such a cutie. Yeah. Her little cheeks. Oh, <laughs> um, whether she was performing in salacious films that put toddlers in overly sexualized scenarios or being harassed over assumptions about her physical appearance oh my god shirley temple's treatment as a child actor set an unfortunate precedent for the ways in which future young stars would be viewed um though temple did manage to live a rather well-adjusted adult life serving time as the ambassador to czechoslovakia didn't wow that's awesome Her origins can and should serve as a cautionary tale about the perils of Hollywood stardom at a tender age. Yeah. And, and like, again, like I said, I get Great Depression, you do whatever you can to make money so that you can feed your family, but also... But also, first of all, why did this environment even exist for her to be... Because if it wasn't her, someone else would have been. So, like, why was this a thing... You know what I mean? It seems like systematic pedophilia, almost. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, Systemic is the word I was trying to say. Sorry. (laughs) It's okay. Um, All right. Are you ready to be even more sad? Yes. Uh, The Public Self-Destruction of Judy Garland by Hollywood. Oh, Known for her stunning voice and girlish charm, Judy Garland is perhaps one of the most iconic performers to ever come out of Hollywood's golden age. Dorothy. I know. With unforgettable roles like Dorothy Gale in The Wizard of Oz and Esther Smith in Meet Me in St. Louis, Garland that was a special... That was supposed to be Shirley Temple originally in Wizard of Oz, and they changed oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. That, that she came right after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um... Garland holds a special place in the hearts and minds of generations of moviegoers. Yet behind the glitz, glam, and innocent sense of wonder that some of her most popular films engendered, Judy Garland endured years of torturous pressure and abuse that led to a lifetime of substance abuse and untimely death. Oh, it's so sad. Yeah. By the time Garland was 13, she had signed with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer Studios, whose movie executives constantly criticized her physical appearance. 
At just four feet, 11 inches tall, and with more of a girl-next-door look than fellow MGM stars Lana Turner and Elizabeth Taylor, Judy Garland's outward appearance left the studio at a loss for where and how to use her. Um, referred to as a... Because guess ugly- what? There were no other parts for women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, referred to as an ugly duckling, a hunchback... What? And a fat little pig with pigtails by studio head Louis B. Meyer. MGM insisted that Garland wear caps on her teeth and rubberized discs on her nose to help reshape it in the hopes of making her image more appealing. Yeah. This constant barrage of derogatory remarks forced the young star to believe that she was, in fact, unattractive. That's not true at all! She was so beautiful! No! Um, but perhaps the most tragic outcome of her experience as a young person in Hollywood was her addiction to amphetamines. Oh, no. According to a statement that she made later in life, Garland took drugs at the behest of MGM studio execs in order to keep up with the demands of the film industry. But then she also had to take barbiturates in order for her to sleep. Right. Um... This dangerous combination had her addicted to pills by the time she was just 15 and kickstarted a lifelong dependency that would lead to her ultimate demise in the late 1960s. That's so sad. Yeah. This is why we have the Me Too movement, by the way. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, this is what was happening. Besides the fact that Hollywood execs would say, sleep with me and I'll give you the part. And then if yep. you didn't and you said no, they would label you as hard to work with and you'd be blacklisted. Yep, that's what happened to Megan Fox very yep. recently. Mm-hmm. Um, nearly a year before filming began on the 1939 classic The Wizard of Oz, studio bosses at MGM began sharing memos with to one another with comments about the teenage Judy Garland's weight. And with the studio desperate for the character of Dorothy Gale to appear as young and girlish as possible, Garland was made to wear constricting corsets and layers to conceal her breasts and figure. Um. Oh, God. Garland was also forced to adhere to a diet around this time as well. She was given nothing but chicken soup, black coffee, cigarettes, and diet pills to sustain her. Cigarettes. Cigarettes. And diet pills. Garland was also frequently on the receiving end of sexual advances from of actors portraying course. the Munchkins on the set of The Wizard of Oz. Oh my god. And even studio head Louis B. Meyer himself, uh, who was also calling her ugly five minutes ago. Right. Um, well, that's what abusers the, do. Yep. Make you feel like shit about yourself, and then you get excited when they give you positive attention. It's called grooming. Mm-hmm. Comparable to the now infamous Hollywood producer Harvey Weinstein, Meyer is said to have groped Garland by placing his hand on her breast while she was performing a song in his office. No! Uh Uh-huh. And while on the set of The Wizard of Oz, the performers known as the Munchkins of Munchkinland would invade her personal space. Oh my god. Um, they would make Judy's life miserable. I'm so glad that my favorite movie is being ruined right now. Yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) It's okay. I, I mean, information, <laughs> knowledge is power, right? But yeah, I'll never watch this movie the same ever again. Yeah, they would make Judy's life miserable on set by putting their hands under her dress. God, the men were forty or more years old. 
they thought they could get away with anything because they were so small. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Um. Oh, that's terrible. And what yeah, do you say? <laughs> yeah. In that day and age. Yeah. Um, the swift rise and swifter demise of Corey Feldman. Mom was telling me about this and the guy that we're going to talk about next, too. I didn't, I had no idea. Um, from the pages of Tiger Beat magazine to hawking his CD collection on the streets, Corey Feldman's fall from grace came hard and fast in the wake of the 1980s. Uh, the 1980s had its fair share of teenage heartthrobs, but the mm-hmm. ubiquitousness of Corey Feldman may take the cake. Um, born in Reseda, California in 1971, Corey Feldman began his journey in Hollywood at the tender age of three when he appeared in a commercial for McDonald's. He eventually went on to appear in over 100 ads. Much like Judy Garland, the more work Feldman began to receive, the more pressure he endured. Soon, his mother was feeding him diet pills to keep his weight down and even physically assaulting him if any mistakes were made on set no, or at no, auditions. no. No, 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 no. You don't do that. I cannot (laughs) imagine doing anything like that to my child. No. Slowly but surely, Feldman began to secure more coveted roles, appearing in episodes of Cheers, Mork and Mindy, Eight is Enough, Hey, and One Day at a Time. It didn't take long for Feldman to make the leap into films. As a teen, he appeared in several high-grossing films released in rapid succession, including 1984's horror comedy Gremlins, 1985's The Goonies, and 1986's Stand By Me. Yeah. We just watched Goonies the other day. Oh, yeah? I've never watched it. I need to. It's cute. It's it's Uh. a little bit problematic. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Um, But it's great. It's It's a classic, for sure. Yeah, all of our classics are problematic. Yeah. It ends really well. I mean, I would say that you can still swallow it because it ends really well with the oppressed person in question getting rescued. So it's it's great. (laughs) It's great. So it's great. Josh Brolin was also super hot when he was a teenager. Just saying. (laughs) It's really Um. funny to see... Thanos. (laughs) (laughs) Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, digging for treasure with Sean Astin or whatever. Oh, it's it, it's a cute movie. It's cute. That's awesome. It's so eighties, but it's so cute. <laughs> uh, Feldman's rise to superstardom happened seemingly overnight, uh, but the outward success could not undo his inner trauma. Oh, here we go. Here's something fun. Um, at just 14, Feldman began to be sexually molested by a man named John Grissom. Oh, great. Who had been hired as his assistant. No. The abuse went on for over a year. Um, Grissom would later serve time in prison in 2003 for child molestation. Good. Good. Um... Feldman also confirmed while appearing on the Dr. Oz show that a man named Alfie Hoffman, who ran a club frequented by the underage elite of Hollywood, had also molested him during some of his many visits there. Oh my god! 
Um, the 80s. Stop it. In, yeah. In an interview with Rolling Stone in April 2019, Feldman said, These men were circling around me. Me and my best friend were surrounded, being tossed back and forth between them without our knowledge. And it was just horrendous. Abuse so involves terrible. conditioning a child and grooming them and getting them ready for the days that they're going to be molested. It involves putting people in a place to make sure a kid is surrounded by only pedophiles. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have nowhere to go. Oh, that's terrible. Ugh. Yeah. I feel sick. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, they just, they get passed around. It's so um, awful. And it's really sad. Um... Okay, five years later, in 1995, Corey Feldman finally kicked his uh, drug habit. Sorry, I, I skipped a little. He got addict- addicted to drugs for about five years. Well, of course he did. He was being passed um, around by child mm-hmm. molesters. Yep. Um, while the former heartthrob and 80s icon has seen his career cool considerably, he is now a vocal critic of Hollywood and the ways in which the industry treats child actors. Mm-hmm. His advice on the matter... People always ask me about life after childhood stardom. What would I say to parents of children in the, in the industry? My only advice, honestly, is to get these kids out of Hollywood and let them lead normal lives. Yeah, because there's a lot of work that Hollywood needs to get needs to do before it's mm-hmm. like fully safe. Otherwise, it's a full-time gig of the parents hovering over and making sure you have to be able to afford good lawyers and yeah. It's it's not yeah, it's it's rough. You definitely have to pay attention. It doesn't sound like yeah. his mom was after it for his safety. So no. So the the last guy that I talked about, Corey, uh, this is the other half of a broken heartthrob child actor, Corey Game. So they were known as the two Coreys in the 1980s. They were in mm-hmm. the Lost Boys together. That's oh, hey. that's where they met and became friends. Um. The same thing um, happened to this kid. Oh, no. Um, he, um, he got addicted to drugs. Um, let's see. He died in 2010 at 38 from a drug overdose. Um, I'm, I don't want to, like, read through his story. It's, it's the same. It's the same. The same thing with a different ending. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he never really stood a chance to escape. Um, because he, he was just silenced and it. Of course, yeah. It's a story we've all we, heard. Yeah. We kind of forget that whatever happens to girls in that industry can also happen to guys. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And, yeah. So, that's why I wanted to talk about the two Corys, because they, I mean, they had it rough. Yeah, for Um, sure. And then, of course, like, we've got Drew Barrymore on here. She came out really well. Um, She, unfortunately, she was described as a party girl before she was even 12. Mm -hmm. Um, But she she got better. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Kirsten Dunst is another one. Forgot about her. Oh, yeah. Um, so, okay. 
All right. So the last one was Macaulay Culkin. I wanted to talk about his because his was way different. Mm-hmm. Um, so Macaulay Culkin and oh, his controversial fun fact. father figures. Sorry. When was mm-hmm. the last time you watched Home Alone? Oh, it's been a couple of years. What? You don't watch it every Christmas? I used to, uh, and I meant to this last Christmas, but I just kind of never got in the spirit and didn't feel like watching okay, it. Okay, well, whatever. So, <laughs> the um, the kid with the glasses that they say he wets the bed? Yeah. That's his brother. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Fuller. I didn't realize that until I looked it up this past Christmas. Oh, I was like, funny. oh my god! That's his brother! That's so cute. Anyway. <laughs> Kieran, um. continue. <laughs> uh, okay, so <clears throat> known for his bright blonde hair and cheeky smirk, Culkin became a household name after the now iconic Christmas time staple, Home Alone. Yeah. <laughs> Though his star power increased quickly, his personal life was plagued by a rocky relationship with his father, legal emancipation at age fourteen, and a Whoa. friendship with Michael Jackson that has left many with questions, doubts, and concerns. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Uh, it wasn't until the 1990s Home Alone that Culkin had his major breakthrough, becoming the biggest child star in the world. In the midst of his fame, Macaulay Culkin became a close friend of Michael Jackson's, even starring in the King of Pop's music video for the hit song Black or White. Culkin has long been part of the unsettling conversation that has surrounded Jackson for years regarding his inappropriate relationships with children. Mm-hmm. Though Culkin testified during Jackson's infamous tw- 2005 trial that the King of Pop had never touched him inappropriately, he also confirmed that he did share a bed with Jackson more than 10 times. Oh. Yeah. He added that the singer had an alarm on his bedroom door that would alert him if anyone was were approaching or nearby. There was like a walkway kind of thing, where if somebody was approaching the door, it would kind of like ding-dong, ding-dong, Culkin testified. I'm sorry? Mm-hmm. When anyone would approach the room, you'd hear this kind of soft alarm, like ding-dong kind of thing. That's um, weird. That's yeah. weird. There's a reason that that's there. Of, that yeah, of course. Ugh, ugh. Um, Culkin also confirmed that he had traveled with Jackson on a vacation to Bermuda, spent a handful of evenings alone on Neverland Ranch, and had even been giving a Rolex watch as a gift from the superstar. Inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Why would you give a kid a Rolex? Nope. Because you're a weirdo. Nope. No. Um, no. One of the biggest driving factors behind Culkin's success was his management, run by none other than his own father. An actor himself whose career had cooled, the elder Culkin determined which films his son participated in, but behind the scenes, Kit Culkin was a tyrant. In a revealing interview on Mark Maron's What the Fuck podcast... (laughs) I love Mark Maron. Yeah. uh, Macaulay Culkin claimed that his father was prone to threaten and humiliate his children. He even alleged that his father was jealous because everything he tried to do in his life, I excelled at before I was 10 years old. I'm a thousand percent going to listen to that episode as soon as we get off this. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I have never heard him speak. Like, I've <clears throat> never heard an interview with him. I'm really excited to know that that exists, and I'm immediately yeah. finding that. <laughs> <laughs> 
1995, when Culkin was just 15, he took his parents to court in the hopes of gaining total control over his $17 million earnings. Yeah. The battle was arduous. There's actually laws in place that, like, parents can only take a certain amount of their kids' earnings as, like, show business, like, if it's from show business or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because people would exploit their kids like that, and they would be the f- the y- your five year old would be your sole breadwinner, and that's not pressure that a five year old needs. Also, yeah, you're no. not doing that work. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. The battle was arduous, bitter, and public, and ultimately ended with the child actor's total emancipation. He received control of his money and estrangement from his father that still lasts to the present day. Um, to be sure, Macaulay has not been the only Culkin child to speak out against the patriarch. In an interview with Vanity Fair in December 2018, Macaulay's brother, Kieran, Kieran, Kieran? Kieran, yeah, yeah, uh, commented about their father that he's not a good dude, but he wasn't really a big part of my life after the age of 15. Mm. Sometime in the 90s, he went away and disappeared for two, three weeks, and the babysitter remarked to my mom, you know what's funny is their father's been gone for three weeks, and not one of them has said, hey, where's dad? Oh, Nobody that's cared, so sad. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's telling. My, yep. My mom was the parent, so when he wasn't there, it was nicer and better. Mm-hmm. Um... Culkin may never achieve the level of superstardom he saw at such a young age, but he is still remembered fondly by fans who grew up with his now classic films and are happy well, he, he has emerged clearly from the clearly never has to work again. He had $17 yeah. million. Dollars. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't have to do shit. Yeah. He can go lay on beaches for the rest of his life. He can and be perfectly happy. Yes. Um, And I encourage out. him to do so. Yeah. That's awesome. Right, right. It makes me really happy that he came out relatively unscathed and yeah. was like able to get away from his parents and Right. Um but yeah. and keep his money and yeah. Yeah. That was the end. Yay! Good job. <laughs> Those were great. Thanks. I thought they were pretty good. All right. All well, right. let's let's play a game. Yeah. I know you're going to choose mine already. <laughs> <laughs> Whose turn is it for to go first? I think it's mine. Okay. All right. So um, this is our game by Drunk, Stoned, or Stupid called If You Had To. So if you had to, would you? Um, assemble an entire warehouse of Ikea furniture. Yep. I pick yours. Pick yeah. yours. <laughs> um, or, <laughs> yeah, mine sucks. You're a nun now. I pick mine. I pick, uh, yeah, I pick yours. That sounds like a great time. I would a thousand percent do that. And I would pay to do it. (laughs) If we lived closer to an Ikea, I would, I would totally work for their like task rabbit service and assemble Ikea furniture for people. (laughs) Nice. Absolutely. Anyway. All right. Well, that was so much fun. Yeah. Hope everybody gets to get outside and enjoy some sunshine. It looks like the sun's coming out where I am, at least. We had some thunderstorms this morning, but I'm excited to get out into the nice weather. (sighs) I hope you enjoy the rest of your birthday. Thank you. Birthday girl. How old are you today? 24. Whoop woo! Yeah. Look at you, old lady. Getting old. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 
man. All right. Well, we hope everybody stays safe. And remember, you are not a monster. Bye, Bye, guys. guys. Thank you for listening to Talk Crooked. Music is by Gisla Niebach. Check out our website, talkcricket.wixsite.com slash podcast for sources and visual aids, as well as resources to get involved. To keep up with our nonsense and stay up to date on all things Crooked, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook at Talk Crooked. To keep the shots coming, access ex- exclusive bonus content, get a free poster, and a shout out on air, head on over to our Patreon. All links can be found on our website. You can listen to us basically anywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you have interesting stories relating to our content, please send them to talkcrooked at gmail.com for a chance to be featured on the show. For business inquiries or sponsorships, please email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. See you next time.